Yay, we're back. It's the Made in China podcast. This is Rico speaking. I know what you're thinking. It's been two weeks. Where's the podcast been? Busy with the business, but no worries. We've recorded three episodes, so we're right now ahead of schedule. Going to keep the weekly podcast going. In this episode, I interviewed Zam Tool. He's a friend of mine. I know him from Enter China, which is a private mastermind group. Um, we talked about Amazon FBA, so the basics and what the advantages are of being based in China while starting up your FBA service, um, FBA business rather. And uh, I think it was a good episode. You know, uh, right now, as a sourcing company, you know, FBA has piqued my interest a lot. So I'm really learning a lot about that and I'm immersing myself. We have Amazon FBA customers right now. So, you know, I want to sit down and I want to talk to people who are selling on Amazon FBA and just kind of exchange ideas and talk about the benefits of being in China, um, how you can help other people. So that's exactly what we did with Zam. And uh, without further ado, enjoy the episode. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. FBA, FBA. It's what's in right now, you know. Yes, sir. So I guess we could just start from the beginning. Like, how did you discover FBA? So I was coming off of, uh, I was living in Chiang Mai, and I was doing the the whole digital nomad thing, and you know, I got myself into doing freelancing and all that stuff. But with freelancing, I realized that I was basically you know, building a job for myself and not really a business. So I decided to move on to other things. And uh, right after I did freelancing, I tried building my own products, uh, two of which was digital, uh, one was physical, and I basically ended up flopping on my face. And around that time, uh, I also heard about, you know, FBA. And since I was, you know... uh, I was just coming straight off of three failures. I was like, why not? I'll give this FBA thing a shot. Uh, the business model, you know, was awesome. I, uh, I, a lot of my friends were doing well with it. So I said, why not? I'll give it a shot. And then uh, here I am. <laughs> Side note, you know, like that time period when you were working on the, the physical products, we just started our mastermind group together that time, right? Yeah. Right, that's right. And that was that was the first that was my second mastermind group, but the first one I had in China. And believe you, I was I also failed at like w- the project that I was working at at that time, which is uh, put I was trying to work on a Kickstarter project myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was good. It was a good learning process. I just when I think back now to what I was thinking about doing and how much I didn't know about like the manufacturing process and stuff like that. Like I was just saying, oh yeah, we can, I can do this. But then I didn't really have a concept of how I would make that product. I just had an idea for it, you know? Right. Exactly. And I remember like you were just going on different forums and uh, asking people for their opinions and things like that. And how, you know, yeah. yeah. And that worked actually. But I, you know, what's fucked up is like, I feel guilty now because I remember posting on one particular, I can say the name of the forum. I remember posting on the uh, Rushvi forum and I went on a thread and I was just like, hey guys, uh, you know, I've got this business idea. I'm working on this. Something, I said something along the lines of a travel accessory. 
what is uh what is the biggest issue you guys have with your current travel accessories right and you know i got i got and you know i made this promise i'm like hey guys if you guys give me feedback you can learn about doing manufacturing in business i manufacturing in china and i'm going to give you all like my ins and outs that i learn as this process goes on <laughs> and and i got like you know 10 i got like 10 responses and people were really interested in what i was doing and then i just never followed up after that like was yeah was, but uh, you know you live and you learn right oh absolutely and that's the way to go yeah so yeah you you start getting into fba so uh, were we I know for sure we were doing the mastermind at the time when you you started looking into your first uh product and I that time period for me FBA was still like this kind of abstract idea if mm-hmm. right you know, somebody who's listening to a podcast right now they're like what what the hell is Amazon FBA what what would you how would you break it down to them <laughs> okay sure So Amazon is, is FBA is um FBA stands for fulfillment by Amazon and basically it's uh, a process by which you build your own uh storefront on the Amazon platform as in like amazon.com amazon.co.uk and uh you 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 select a product you research a product that you want to sell and you once you uh once you find the product you put your own label you put your own you know a uh, you put your own private label that's what they call it private labeling and then once you do that you ship it to Amazon warehouses and you sell your item on Amazon on the Amazon platform and when a customer orders uh f- from your storefront Amazon fulfills it for you as in like they take care of all of the uh the cash that your customer pays you and they also take care of the shipping of your item to the actual customer as well um amazon gets a cut of the price that you're that you're um uh, that that you're selling it for and you also get a cut uh of the price that you're charging your customers for Yeah and and the benefit the benefit is that you get to tap into Amazon's network right and then you get the validation of being on Amazon right Absolutely absolutely I mean a lot of people have really great uh, experience using the Amazon platform and, and basically you're leveraging their reputation their services in order to sell your product Yeah I mean it's 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 pretty straightforward like if I'm somebody and um looking to buy a product if i go on amazon i'm just assuming that this product is is legitimate because it's on amazon right absolutely I, right and you know one of the interesting things about fba the more i dig deeper into it is how easy it is for somebody to make their company look like it's a huge corporation or like <laughs> this huge company when it's just a dude in his you know home office selling three four products straight out of china you know and dude that's you're talking about me exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean i mean at some stage people are making like a lot of money for example scott scott volger but like you know you listen to his podcast and he works out of his his home office he doesn't have a you know office with staff and all that right but he's you know he might be making $30,000 a month from from fba oh yeah absolutely that's like the one of the biggest 
uh, things that allured me to Amazon FBA is because of the fact that once you have it up and running, uh, it can basically be a location independent business. You know, it basically Amazon does all of the hustling work for you, the fulfillment for you. And so all that you really have to do is just take care of the inventory issues with, you know, factories and things like that. And, and for the most part, like once you have a product established, you can, you can just basically, you know, let it run by itself while, you know, sipping pina colada on the beach, on the beaches of Thailand. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really up to you. Yeah. What, uh, okay, so like are, how many products are you on to right now? Like are you in your second or, or third? Uh, right now, I am selling three products, uh, and I am going to launch my fourth product this month. Oh, nice! Yeah. And are they all are they all related to each other? Are they all products that are in the same kind of space? Right. Exactly. Uh, when I when you're doing FBA, um, the idea is that you want to create like a line of products that are related to each other, and the reason why. Uh, you want to do that is because there's opportunities for things like cross promotions that you can do on Amazon. So, for example, if you know product, your first product might go well together with uh, your second product, and if your customer, if your customer can get some sort of discount if you buy both product at the same time and things like that, and so um, you know that that is a way to leverage uh, the Amazon. Amazon platform and basically, how do you say, uh, like get more sales. You know, I want to eventually get into the the sourcing aspect of it as we talk, but walk me through the basics. If I'm, you know, just getting started and I'm doing FBA, like what's my first step? Okay, so um, the first step you want to do is you want to basically go on Amazon.com and then you want to look for... Uh, you probably want to go through different product niches that you would want you that you personally would want to to get yourself involved in. Uh, primarily because, like, if it's something that interests you and is of importance to you, you're probably more emotionally invested. And therefore, like, when you have the opportunity to go research a project, I mean, a product or things like that, you know exactly you know, how you can improve it or maybe figure out a way to sell it better than your competition because you have a vested interest in it. Uh, and obviously, there are other things that are really uh, just as important. Like, for example, you want to ensure that the product is already selling well on Amazon. There's room for, there's enough room in the market for you to sell on Amazon. And um, you want to ensure that, like, Things like um, the keywords that you are going to have to use in order to get a sale for your product, it's not too competitive and things like that for uh, you know ad purposes. And then um, once all that is done, you just basically pull the trigger on it and you know go full throttle towards getting that first fulfillment into an Amazon warehouse. <laughs> I just realized that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, people can, people, if you want to go deeper into it, I would highly recommend the Amazing Seller podcast. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, TheAmazingSeller.com has been basically been my one source for all my uh, tricks and things like that that kind of helped me to the success that I have reached right now. One of the criteria that you assess you know, a product on is, is the BSR, the bestseller ranking, right? 
Yeah. How would you define that? A uh, bestseller ranking is uh, Amazon's way of ranking products that are selling really well on Amazon platform. And the way that you get this BSR, this bestseller ranking number, is by going to Amazon, clicking on a product, uh, scrolling down a little bit, and in in the middle of the page on that product page, uh, the, it will Amazon will show you information about you know what category this product is in and things like that. And along with that, it will show you the BSR, the bestseller ranking for, for that product. And you, it's it's basically a, a way to assess how well this product is selling. And so if the if the BSR is a low number, you you know that it's selling very well. If it's a very high number, it's not selling so hot. And how would you decide if that's something that you want to tap into? Uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, when you find a product that is selling very well, what you want to look at is where you want the thought process is okay well i found this product that is selling really well if i was to look for this product um how would i look for this product on amazon and of course like nobody's going to go into you know the different categories click through all that and find it what they do is you know they go to amazon.com click on a keyword and then um and then like you know i put in a keyword that they would put in they were looking for a specific product and then, you know, on and on from that point. And basically what you want to do is when you find this hot product, you know, think of multitudes of keywords that would work in order to find that product. Put that product into the search box on Amazon, scroll through and see like how the rest of the listing for that particular product is doing. And that is, of course, by checking the BSR for, uh, for, those, for those other related products or similar products. Do you use Jungle Scout? Yes, uh, absolutely. It is a must tool for Amazon sellers. The way I was describing previously was how I went about it uh, prior to Jungle Scout's existence. But after I had Jungle Scout, um, it really saved me a bunch of time in terms of you know finding a products uh, products. The hotness of the product, if you will, how well it's selling, and like what the market is looking, what the niche is looking like for that, for that, for that item. Yeah. So, I mean, for somebody that doesn't know what Jungle Scout is, how would you define that? All right. So, Jungle Scout is a Chrome extension uh, that you can uh, that you can implement on your Chrome browser, and basically, what it does for you is that when you are going on Amazon, it's made specifically for Amazon, um, you can get a snapshot of the product, uh, the, the, the product's BSR, how much volume it is selling in a month, and how much the, the seller of that product is approximately making uh, based on the bestseller ranking uh, for the and then it does that every time you are typing in a certain keyword for a product or something like that or if you are looking at a particular item on Amazon if once uh, let's for example you know let's say you are on a singular product page 
you click on Jungle Scout, it will show you the sales volume, you know, uh, bestseller ranking, how much the seller is making. It, it will predict that for you, basically. After you've identified a product niche that you should go into, the next step is is sourcing that product, and that's that's kind of where I come in. That's where my interest has peaked with MBA. Absolutely. And you know, we we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like sort of the issues that are involved, especially with the newbie FBA guys, and how you know my company can can help out those people. So, right. Quick, really quickly, what were the first things? What were the initial things that you struggled with? You're a little bit unique though, because you're based in China, right? Right. Like most of the guys are not in China; they've never been to China; they have no idea what's going on down here. So, right. So what do you think are the main issues that FBA guys have initially? Uh, first and foremost, I would say it's uh, the speed. Uh, one of the biggest benefits that I see you, I see what you can provide is, is speed for sure. So it takes about maybe three, four days to get your products from China to wherever you live. And every time that you ship them, a sample, let's say, for example, uh, it would take it would cost you around thirty forty bucks, but within China because shipping is so cheap, um, these companies would send you these samples uh, for free. And if as you know as a guy living in China, Rico, what you can provide you know your customers and your clients is that like you know if they were to ship it in China, you would get the sample within the next day. And think of a scenario where you know. You ask the FBA seller, you have sourced all your products. I mean, you have, you have an idea of like what factories you want to work for. You contact all of them in one day, and then they all ship it to you, Rico. Uh, you know, on that day, tomorrow, you would have it. And then you can probably do you know, some sort of Skype consultation call with your client, the FBA seller, and then you know, really expedite the process while saving them a couple of hundred dollars. In terms of samples, what I found is either you're going to get the samples, you're going to pay for shipping only, or um, you pay up to two times the per unit cost, which is still going to be significantly less than how much you'd pay if you ship them out, you know. So if the per unit cost is $5, maybe you pay $10 plus like $2 for shipping. Um, and that ca- that comes to you the next day, like like you said, Zam. Yep. Whereas if you're shipping it out directly to the States or Canada or Europe, you're probably going to pay upwards of, of $40. Yeah. Yep. So that's one thing that I really realize is, and I actually have started to do this with our first FBA customers is, you know, I've, I've been receiving the shipments on their behalf and I, I've been taking, you know, a million pictures comparing the quality to the sound. That's actually one thing I didn't realize the first time we talked about it. Is mm. I, I think the best approach is if I have a physical sample of the product that you want to source you yep. know, from FBA, then it's it's so much easier for me because I just compare the quality that I receive in terms of samples to oh, the, absolutely. To the yep. physical sample from, from Amazon. So that's one more thing I, 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 I've learned in this process of, of actually working with FBA sellers. And, you know, the, the other thing is what I'm trying to do is like, it's kind of flexible. Either I can help you throughout the whole process or just that sampling process and then introduce you to the suppliers at that stage. You know? Absolutely. And I, man, it's so crazy. I don't know why I ignored this part of sourcing before. In my mind, I, I put it in like a, a different area. I don't know why. I have no <laughs> idea why. 
and it just clicked like two months ago. I think it was you, it was one of my other best friends, Nick, who's doing FBA, and then and I have two other people that I know are doing FBA, and I was like, why am I not helping people in this realm? Like, <laughs> yeah, and considering like how you know the amazing seller podcast is you know gaining in popularity, and just FBA is just absolutely on fire within the you know marketing internet marketing world digital nomad world oh yeah absolutely i think there's you know tons of opportunity for you as a source sourcing agent yeah i mean if you talk about location independent income which which is also another kind of i mean it's it's been hot for a while i guess since the what the four hour work week right yep uh, that's fba is like one of the lowest entries of uh, barriers of entry into that world right absolutely <laughs> And uh, actually, I'm kind of curious. Do you know? Do you know a lot of FBA guys? Do you know a lot of FBA people selling on Amazon right now? Um, I guess it would depend on like you know what you mean by a lot. I think I'd say maybe, more more than more than let's say close to ten. Do you know ten people? Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> like personally, I mean, I think right. I do. Uh, I'm I'm kind of in a unique position because I've been doing like this whole digital nomad for about two years. And so, and I know that a lot of people. I used to live in Chiang, in Chiang Mai in Thailand, and so my experience is not you know what the normal person who is doing kind of doing this on the side is going to experience. Because since FBA has gotten like really hot in Chiang Mai, you know, a lot of my friends uh, were jumping in on it, and so and and the digital nomad community in Chiang Mai happens to be one of the like the biggest and so i know a ton of people that are doing in chiang mai and so yeah i mean i guess that i hope that i guess that answers your question yeah you know the the reason why i was asking that question is i feel like it's almost a gold rush in a, in a sense oh okay and, yeah and i'm wondering if you know any people that have tried and failed um i mean i actually i do i i I actually put myself in that category as well because even though I'm like selling three products right now, not all of them were, I would consider successes. You know, some were okay. Some, one was like great. One was just dead in the water. And so it's, um, it's, it, it is kind of like a gold rush, but like it, it does, but that is like an opportunity at the same time for you to step up your game. Like, Nowadays, I don't think that products on in, as an FBA seller, you can afford to just simply stick a label on it and sell it. You got to really think about you got to think about this game as on the line of a product development type of ordeal, as opposed to just uh, private labeling. Yeah, but Sam, you're you're profitable, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you didn't fail. <laughs> no, well, yeah, but like, I mean, I mean, I, I want. Well, for me, my standard is that I want all of my products to be doing awesome. I'm, you know? I'm talking uh, about, I'm talking about the dudes who have spent. You know, this is the first time doing FBA, and they've dropped, you know, five thousand dollars, and then lost mm-hmm. that money. You know, because, interesting because because the products didn't sell or you know whatever happened I maybe, see. maybe they got screwed over I by see. a manufacturer like i want to know more about that because as far as i like okay i'm part of the groups on facebook and you know by the way if you're listening to this like there's uh, there's like a ton of fba groups on facebook with thousands of people 
and you know i'm yep. in, i'm in there right now because i want i'm like kind of like a little bit of a shark to be honest like i'm, <laughs> I'm like in there okay looking for customers and answering questions <laughs> i'm trying to be legitimately helpful i'm not there being like hey check out my company but uh, <laughs> what i what i've noticed yes. what i've noticed is that it's very much which is great it's very much a community it's very much rah rah and let's do this hey just got my first samples hey, and everyone likes you know uh comments like this is awesome but i don't see too many people who are just like oh man you know i spent six thousand dollars and my product is just not selling like you know what am i gonna do kind of thing and i feel like if you have that amount of people doing fba not everyone is gonna be successful right Mm, well i mean um, you have to consider that like a lot, even though there's a lot of people in, within that group, I have a feeling that a lot of them are not really action takers. There's a, even though there's like 10,000 of them, how many of them are actually taking action, you know? And, and I think that, I mean, from my experience myself, like I know many people who are interested in doing FBA, but they're so scared to pull the trigger on it. And in addition to that, um, for people who are thinking about doing FBA and have a, have a little bit of a cold feet, what I would say that is, you know, if you just follow the amazing seller, like, you know, his advice and things like that, and instead of just thinking of this game as, oh, I can just put a slab of sticker label on something like that and then sell it, instead of that, just think about how I can truly add value. How can I build a product that truly add value to the marketplace along with, you know the the statistics that you should be following when you're doing your research. I don't think that uh, you will be a complete failure just because of the way because like the traffic that Amazon gets, it's unbelievable. So just as like a side note, I've heard even on on the Amazing Sellers podcast, like I've heard him mention without saying the actual name about courses. Where people pay mm-hmm. five thousand dollars to <laughs> an Amazon FBA seller expert type thing. What are those, and do you believe in them? Uh, I think uh, is, is, would it be okay if I just mention the name on here. Or? I don't. I really don't give a fuck. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, the yeah, the one that that the, the one that is like notorious is called the Amazing Selling Machine. Yeah, that's and that's the that, thing. Is like I knew the name was similar. That's why I pointed yeah, it out because yeah, I had exactly. a feeling people would go and type in the amazing seller, and then they might right. click on the amazing selling machine. You know, right? Um, I think the main reason why it just got like so much hype, and, and why it costs and people why it costs that much, and why people are willing to spend putting that mon- amount of dough is because like um, it's just like. A lot of I believe that a lot of those people got in on it when the market was really fresh, so a ton of people got success off of it, and so that massive amount of people that got that initial success created like this tidal wave of oh my god, this I did it through this amazing seller, and um, you know I got all my money back and all that stuff, and I think that is like what really hyped it hyped it up, and uh, but. I guess like going into, I guess like, you know, making this come back full circle, I found that the, I had some, I had some of my friends who had that course and I, 
took a look at it, and I also compared it against uh, Scott's podcast, which is The Amazing Seller. And all I can tell you is that if you're following Scott's method, I mean, you're basically Doing as the same thing. good as, yeah, it's like the same thing. Actually, The Amazing Seller is even even better, I would say, in my opinion, just yeah. because he gives out you know, great advice so freely and, and, you know, they're just as valid. That's one of the things that he said, actually. So just to be clear, there, there's the Amazing Seller podcast, which is Scott Vogler's podcast. That's yep. a free podcast, Amazing Value. I'm listening to it right now. I'm, I'm drawing parallels in terms of sourcing and I'm learning about FBA through that. And then there's the Amazing Selling Machine, which is a, a course where you pay $5,000 and they coach you to create your Amazon business, which... Like Zam said, probably initially it was early days, so people became super successful after taking that course. But you know, if you're taking the course, paying that amount of money, that amount of money, you might as well just listen to the podcast for free. You know? Yeah, and I he, completely he, agree. He mentioned that, like I remember him saying, "Is like you know the stuff that I'm talking about right now. You know, a lot of people have paid five thousand dollars for." It. I was like, "Yeah, what absolutely." What is, what is, I was like, hmm, "What is he talking about?" You know? Yeah, I mean, like Scott, I mean. I mean, Scott is, um, he's, a, he's a really cool guy. I mean, like, he, he, his content on his website, it's like so much more than just like how to, you know, find successful products. It's also like, you know, he puts, he brings in guests that teaches, that gives you hints about like how, how you can, you know, build your Amazon business so that you can actually sell it and things like that. Or like, you know, tips on how to do like PPC right. How do you, you know, fix uh you know a bad customer complaint uh, things like that i mean he's like a really open book about his techniques and things like that and so uh, i it really appealed to me and is and, and is super helpful for so and so it is i would highly highly recommend his podcast do you listen to matt ward's fba all-stars I do not listen to that. I mean, I have been just relying on the amazing seller for all of my information. Yeah, I tried. I tried listening to that podcast, and I'm not. Maybe I haven't given it too much of a chance, but I uh, so far I'm not like. I didn't get hooked. Let's put it like that. I, I didn't get hooked. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. Like Scott Vogler, I'm like, oh, he's, he seems like a relatable guy, and there's always value. He always seems like excited on the podcast and I was even thinking I was like maybe I should sound more excited on my podcast you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean I think like uh, some of his latest on some of his latest podcasts he was talking about his entrepreneurial journey and then I think that the fact that he's able to share these type of things is one of the reasons why I'm more you know like relate relate to him because like dang you know I went through the same type of BS (laughs) going down this entrepreneurial path it's kind of cool that you know we're just both doing Amazon, but our experience as an entrepreneur is, you know, is similar. What do you think being in China has been, how do you think being in China has been beneficial for you as an FBA seller? And like, I mean, that's a pretty obvious question, but why aren't more people moving down here for that specific reason? Okay. Um, so, okay. So like I've, all the benefits that all the benefits that you provide as a client uh, because you're living I mean all the benefits that you're providing your clients because you live in China is you know that's one of the things that I have access to that which we, which we talked about earlier uh, the other thing that um, the other thing that like really I find beneficial is like the whole banking 
uh, paying money to my factory because over here in China, you can direct you can do a direct deposit of cash right into their account, and you don't have to pay anything for like wire transfer fees and things like that. Uh, to me, this was really important just because when I was beginning this business, I was bootstrapping. Um, that's another benefit of living in China, and also uh, for better or worse. Uh, being in China is not like being in Chiang Mai uh, or all those other sexy digital nomad destinations in the sense that um, there's not a lot to do around here. And so it forced me to basically focus on my, you know, FBA business. Like, Man, I have no idea 100%. what you're talking about. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things to do in China, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, from my perspective, at least. Like um, I was actually talking. I was actually, I'm going to be interviewing Nick soon. And one of oh, my nice. one of one of my questions, Nick Nick Remilba from Brink Brink.io. So one right. of my questions to him was like, how did you not get distracted? Because I find a lot of people when they move to China, they get you know, you're in China, rent is cheap, you know, beers are cheap. Yeah. Like maybe you're teaching and you're making you know three K a month and you're only spending like five hundred or six hundred on, on bills, you know? And right. pe- people go crazy, man. People get distracted. I mean, like, for, okay, so I think for me, personally for me, it has to do with where I live right now because I am so far from like, the city center and everything because we were just, you know, me and my roommate, we were just trying to really bootstrap our businesses. And so um, around where I live, at least, there's not a lot of two. So I guess in, a, some, in many ways, it's kind of my fault. <laughs> but... Uh, but it turned out to be a benefit, though, because like it forced me to concentrate on my business like twenty four seven. And I, even though the fund has dramatically gone down, my business has dramatically gone up. And so, for me, I would say, at least personally, for me, that's one of the main benefit of like living in China. And and you know, I I've been doing digital nomading for about two, two years, and it's like the first time that I really had. A like a true, I, I consider this one to be a true like kind of entrepreneurial success, and I owe that partially to the fact that there's not a lot of like fun things to do, and I was just so you know nose to the grindstone and just FBA 100% all the way, you know. So I attribute that to being in China. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I, I mean, I can see that. I think I can see if I was in another city, if I was in. If I was in Thailand or if I was in, uh, you know, Singapore or something like that, like I might, I might be more distracted. But I think for me as well, it's just like a mindset. Like when I came here, I knew what I wanted to do. So even though the first three, four months, I was kind of like in that, uh, honeymoon period of, Oh, I'm in China. This is very interesting. I want to, I want to eat snake. I want to, you know, (laughs) I want to climb this mountain and, you know, all these things. But, then it gets to a stage where I'm just I'm just used to being here and like daily life is daily life. Yeah, I'm just like grinding, you know. I'm not interested in going out and all these things. They don't they don't appeal to me as much as like focusing on the business. You know? Oh, dude, man! I mean, focus on the business. The rewards is you know is money. Yeah, and and money on money that you made through your own hustle on you know making money on your time, which is one of the best feelings in the world. <laughs> Have you had any situations with your manufacturers where if you were not in China, you might not have been able to fix it as quickly or, you know, it might have been, it might have turned into a much larger issue than what it was? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the whole thing about the banking, uh, where because I am living in China, the fact that I can deposit money and it would clear instantly, right? That really saved my butt a couple of few times because uh, if you were going to do like a wire, I mean, uh, a transfer through, if you're trying to do a cheap wire transfer through things like Western Union or, you know, all those type of uh, services like that, it takes like three to five days to clear. Uh, I had situations where my manufacturer told me that, um, well, it, they they would finish it on a certain day of the week. I mean, like on Wednesday. And then my manufacturer told me that, oh, it's ready to ship. But then if I had to make that transfer that day, the goods were ready. But I still had to wait three or five days in order to uh, for the money to clear so they couldn't ship it out. Um, I had a buddy of mine here who you know, d- took care of that for me. And because he was in China and he was able to make that direct deposit, you know, it, it cleared instantly. And I was able to save myself three to five days of business days where I'm simply not, uh, where I'm simply not just leaving money on the table because of these delays. You know, so it was very helpful. Cool. Um, what are you with your with your factories? Like, is it three separate factories? I know you said the products are in the same same uh, categories kind of similar categories right right it's that's one of the uh, blessings that i've had with my product lines all of my all three products and including my fourth product is going to be made within the basically in the same factory so it keeps the uh, organization a bit tidier which is awesome but it my factory is really responsible for just like um making one or two things they still have to source other uh, products to make my product in order to um, in order to like make it the full product if you will uh, and so it, I think like for one of my products it's like you know it's a very simple product but it takes one two three four different factories in order to, to come together to make one thing and so even with a simple product I still have bottle bottleneck it could ha- potentially have bottle uh, bottleneck issues here and there I have two questions Okay. Are you is your is your factory doing your packaging one and then two are you what kind of customization are you doing right now if you are you doing any customization for your products? Uh yes. So my my factory handles all of the packaging for me including uh they take care of the printing as well. I mean, I don't think that my factory does the actual printing. They hire out a printing factory to do it for me. But uh, the main point of contact is my main factory. I send them the design and they send it out to somebody else that can do it for me. Uh, And I have them do everything. Uh, Basically, with this business, I'm trying to make this as hands-free as possible. And so I I keep it that way. Um, To What was the second question again? Um, What was the second question? Customization. Oh, customization, yes. So uh, this goes back to like what I said much earlier in this conversation. Uh, when you, especially nowadays with you know it, the FBA becoming a bit more challenging, you really want to try hard uh, in this particular area of customization and, and, and not just like any customization. You know, don't just put in a different, you know, packaging design or something like that you know really think about like how can you make the product better than what is already out there in the marketplace 
and um, and because that is going to really transcend all the way down into the marketing because then you'll be able to you know say that in your bulletins on your Amazon page and you know and if you put in an honest work you know people will see that and it will make you it it will it will differentiate your product uh, in a genuine way in an authentic way and people will see the product and it will help you stand out so much uh, so much better it seems like okay so I was talking about the gold rush aspect of it right yeah and it seems like at every stage you know after the more it gets popular the more people have to push to make their products more unique mm-hmm. and it's almost like in the future people are just going to be making their own products from scratch that's that seems like the direction that most high level fba guys are going into um i think like with private labeling i i'm not sure if that is what is going to happen because uh, because to me i think like full customization is on the line of doing kind of like a crowdfunding campaign because i mean if it's really that unique you probably want to uh, op- you know really take your brand to the next level and just do your own thing uh what i've seen amazon i mean as far as amazon i mean certainly you can leverage amazon no, no doubt about it but i think that um like full customization it would uh, it has its drawbacks because like it will take a lot longer for you to manufacture the product and one of the biggest reasons why amazon fba appeals to many people is because of how fast that you can you know kind of scale and uh like get your business up and running well that that's why i'm talking about the high level guys doing it because those guys will be at a stage where they have oh oh for you sure you know four yeah. or five different products and then now they're just like okay how yeah. do I make something that no one else can replicate? Right. Right. And that's then, that's that's certainly true. Right. But even then, I mean, I, I mean, for me personally, from my take, like, I if I were to have something that's so customized, I'd probably just try to you know move away from FBA uh, and just kind of you know do my own thing with a Shopify store or something like that. Yeah, that that seems to be also the end goal. Like I was listening to Scott Scott Vogel's recent podcast, and he was saying that the whole idea is eventually to you know, build your brand and have your website where you have a blog and, you know, uh, build it up like that. And then eventually just move away from, from Amazon and have your own online store. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because, I mean, as great as Amazon FBA is, you have to understand that you're playing in their uh, sandbox. And so they have the power to just simply like, you know, pull away the cord at their whim. And I've seen some of these, uh, suspension notices and Amazon is absolutely cutthroat about it. I mean, they don't really tell you why they're closing down your store or why they're, you know, suspending your, you know, product listing or anything like that. They just, just, they just do it. And, and so, um, you know, having your own Shopify store is by having your own, you know, store, you, you don't, you're not, you're not subjected to these random acts of, uh, I don't know, random acts of, is that cut off your business <laughs> so Zam what do you think is the future for you in FBA what's, what's your end goal I think I would really like to get it to about maybe three four or five like solid products that I'm absolutely knocking out of the park and uh, leverage Amazon as soon as I can but honestly I think that I would probably try to go down 
the full customization of a product or completely different um, product line where I'm utilizing maybe even a crowdsourcing campaign in order to fund my product and create another brand. I think that for me, like FBIC as more of a, a means to an end, so more so than a, than a, than a brand that I'm trying to build. So are you worried about the saturation at all? Me? Uh, not too, I'm not too worried, uh, primarily because I know that I'm in China and that, you know, uh, it would, if being, being, being here in China, I can pick a product and customize it faster than my competitors in the U.S. if it has to come down to that. And I, and overall for me, I, I kind of embrace the challenge of uh, the saturation because then it forces me to think outside the box more, work harder a little bit in order to get the, get my share of the pie. So before I take it to the, you know, how we close the podcast with the personal questions, what advice would you have for anybody right now who's interested in FBA or is an FBA seller? I would say uh, just get started. Just pull the trigger. Um, you know, if you have a, if you're kind of reluctant about it, I would. I am a big advocate of taking calculated risks. So maybe like if you can, you don't have to like order thousands of pieces or anything like that. But, but like give yourself a a budget of say five hundred dollars or something like that. Or I mean, Scott called these like you know the five hundred or one thousand dollar challenge for FBA, where you try to do get a product up on selling on Amazon for a thousand or five hundred bucks, uh, you know, and just use. Don't think of it as like a way. You know, you're making money out of it, but you're using that money to educate yourself on how the business works, and that 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 and just getting started would be my piece of advice. What is the smallest thing you've done that's given you the largest results? So the 20% that's given you 80% of your returns. Oh, here, uh, I would say mastering uh, Amazon traffic. That is definitely the 20% that will give you probably, yeah, that'll definitely give you more than 80% of your results. I mean, if that's, I mean, the math doesn't add up, but you get what I'm trying to say. All right. And then... If someone were to understand you better or to understand your business better, what three books should they read or maybe three resources that you'd recommend? Well, you already know one, which is The Amazing Seller. That is freaking awesome. Uh, I would also, the second resource would be the uh, the Amazing Seller Facebook group. And the third thing I would say would be, let me see here, I don't know, man. I think those 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 two should be more than enough for you to, you know, really get going on this. Maybe the last one could be a book. A book. Yeah. Mm. You know what? I, my favorite book that taught me business probably the Millionaire Fast Lane. Ah, that would be it. Yeah. A, I like that book as well. Yeah. Um, three apps you can't live without. Uh, ooh la la. Um, WeChat. <laughs> <laughs> WeChat, of course. We've talked uh, about WeChat before on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> WeChat. I guess Facebook and uh, let's see here, the Kindle. Oh, Kindle, interesting. Yeah. Right. So, 
All right, man. I think uh, I think that was a great episode, man. I, I think it was a super introduction into FBA. Um, I think a lot of people who have never heard of it would find it very interesting. And I think people who are in it right now would also find it interesting to listen to two guys in China talk about FBA, you know? Absolutely. Because <laughs> for me, it seems like the craziest thing about this whole FBA thing is that mo- like 90% of these dudes are not here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyways, I, thanks for being on the podcast, Zem. Any last words? Uh, You know, just, you know, Keep it, you know, get, just just get started. Um, if, like, really try to get an understanding of like why you're starting this business in the first place. Because when the you know bumps come along the road, like the speed bumps, your why is going to help you get those, help you get through those like uh, those initial speed bumps, and um, and just keep on pushing forward. You know, and success will be yours. Where can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, uh, you can email me at zimtual at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's probably the best way to reach me. That's in my email. And of course, if you want to reach out to us, that's info at sourcefindasia.com, info at s o u r c e f i n d asia.com. And your website is sourcemanager.com slash made in China. Um, yeah, thanks for listening and uh, see you guys next time. Peace.